Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumpte. Hope day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this Wednesday, October 12th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us as always. As uh, We'll just get right into it. There's a new number one in the West Virginia Secondary Schools Athletic uh, Committee or uh, playoff rankings that were released yesterday after 2 p.m. None other than the Musselman Appleman. So still representing in the panhandle, uh, but the Musselman Appleman have a rating of 12.83 with 60.17 bonus points at number two, Park South with 12.33 points, 60 points, 14 bonus points. Cabell Midland at three with a 12 rating, 60 and 12 bonus. Huntington at four, 11.83, 60 as well with 11 bonus. Hurricane at number five, 11.67, 57 points, 13 bonus points. At number six, Spring Valley with 11.5 rating, 66 points with 13 bonus. At tied at number seven, Bridgeport with 11.29, 66 points and 13 bonus points. Martinsburg coming in at the, with the other seventh position, 11.29, 60 points, 19 bonus points. Jefferson at number nine, 10, point, 10 rating with 48 points, 11 bonus points. Er, excuse me, I had that wrong. 60 bonus, 60 points with a, with 10 bonus points. Uh, then we see Hedgesville at number 15 with a 7.86 rating, 45 points, 10 bonus points. So we've got a new number one in the state. Yeah. yeah. If, the, if the season ended today, Musselman would host until they have to go to Wheeling Island if they so, choose, so get there. Uh, but an interesting thing, if the season ended today, Martinsburg would host Jefferson. But both teams haven't met yet in the regular season. Yeah, obviously a lot's going to change between now and then, but... Um, you know, Musselman's definitely put itself in a great position here, being number one. But Wheeling Park this week will be a challenge for the Appleman. Uh, if you just want to compare like common opponents, Wheeling Park handled Morgantown pretty good. Uh, Musselman kind of struggled with Morgan or had a back and forth game, you know, competitive game with Morgantown. So that might be an indicator, but it might not. It's a completely different opponent, so I don't look too much into it. But Musselman's been very impressive. Uh, they are well deserving of where they are right now. I mean, maybe from a talent-wise, they may not be the number one team in the state, but based on the fact that they played a challenging record, which is going to help you in the bonus points category, and, you know, they're four or five and one. So, I mean, it's just kind of how things work out when you get a good win-loss record and you get bonus points. Unfortunately for Martinsburg, that loss to Riverside probably prevented them from moving up to number one. Yep. But... It is kind of what it is, and you still have a great chance, I think, for Martinsburg to move up when the season comes to an end, but now you've put yourself in a tough position there with those two losses, but hey, you played a challenging schedule as well, so um, it's good to see, though, you know, still four EPAC teams that would be in the playoffs as of today, which is pretty cool, and uh, hopefully that's how it is at the end of the season, and we'll see kind of where these teams end up being uh, over these next three weeks. 
Yeah, we said at the beginning of the season that uh, Musselman had the second toughest schedule probably in the entire state right behind Martinsburg. So the, the fact that they only have the one loss and that being to Martinsburg puts them deservingly so as number yeah. one when it comes to the playoff ratings from the WVSSAC. But still, if you look at the power rankings that Metro News will bring out, they still have Martinsburg at number one because of how much talent and depth they have. It still seems like De- or Martinsburg will be the ones to be the state champions this year. I don't see a team around the state that can truly uh, match up against them to try to knock them off. But at the same time, this is the playoff ratings. That's how it goes. Musselman's number one. They deserve it for the way they've played this season. Yeah, It's kind of like if you want to look at the NFL. Right now it would be Philly that's undefeated at number one. But I don't think everybody thinks that Philadelphia is better than the Bills. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I would say it's also just kind of a weird year uh, for Martinsburg. But I think in some ways it's good that they've been put in this situation where it will be a little bit more challenging for the Bulldogs to win the state title. Um, it's kind of a different story for this team if they end up accomplishing that. And competition's always good. You know, you don't ever want to get to a point where you're not facing competition, and that's really just in anything. Um, you know, it brings out the best in you. So I think and- for this situation where Martinsburg's probably going to be in a tougher situation to make a, a deep playoff run, it'll be good for the program. It's good for this year's team and how they face this adversity. How do they potentially still come out on top, which is at the end of the day, all that matters. Nobody's going to really remember that this was a two loss team. If they win the state title, I mean, maybe if you're comparing it to other Martinsburg teams, but also I don't know if those other Martinsburg teams had as challenging as a schedule as this Martinsburg team did. Um, you know, playing two teams that, like I said, I, I think Martinsburg was a better team, honestly, over Riverside. I just think they ran out of gas or whatever happened in the second half. A lot of players playing both ways. You yeah. You yep. see that for Riverside. And I think Highland Springs is clearly the number one team that they've played in and would be a state championship team. But I, I think they could have beat Riverside and they probably should have. So that one's kind of the loss that I think hurts a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I think it's good for this program to face these challenges, and that will help them come playoff time and make them overall a better team, I think, when it's all said and done. And you talk about you know it's being a different story for this year's team. They could, if things shake out the way that they shake out, they could have to be on the road for a lot of the playoffs. Yeah. Which is a different story than Martinsburg is used to. So... I don't know. We'll see how things shape up. Really, at this point, you start looking at the ratings to see where you are. But honestly, it's just a talking point for us on this show. Uh, maybe motivation. Yeah, and to continue that, maybe. Yeah, and Look motivation the for the team. As a whole, last week we mentioned that four teams were in, and now it's only down to three. Yeah. No. Four still. No, Is four. Is there four? Is there somebody at Martins 16? Hedgesville's still in there. Martinsburg. Are they at 16 then? They're 15. They're 15. 15? I said okay. that. I read that out. Yeah. Musselman, My Martinsburg, apologies. Jefferson, and Hedgesville. There, there was an outside shot. There could be a fourth team or a fifth team if Spring Mills had won last week and continued to win, except for this week because it's going to be a very tough task for them to beat Martinsburg. Yes. Um, but, you know, when you look at it, it's really just talking points for us on the show. It is and it isn't. I mean, 
it, at this point, it, it's not going to be that. This won't be the final standings or the final That was ratings, my point, yeah. But it is interesting to see, like, how does – what would have to happen for the Bulldogs to potentially still get a home field advantage? I think it's probably very unlikely at this point as a two-loss team to do that. But – you know, you can kind of look at it that way. You probably need everybody and I else think, to be two lost teams. And I think Musselman's got to run the it. table to stay number one. Yeah, probably. Yeah, which is going to be hard beating right. Wheeling Park and Bridgeport. Because if they do beat those teams, they're clear cut. I think number one in AAA because those are two huge teams in AAA. Yeah, yeah. playoff rating wise. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like clear cut in the ratings. The number one team yes. two weeks ago. Yeah, but I'm saying like clear cut to me. You beat those two teams and you're there you're, yeah. you're kind of you're squarely in the top two spots if you beat those two teams because another interesting thing i think if you're jefferson you obviously don't want to have to face martinsburg in round one but you're also a team that had the number one team in the state at this point on the ropes and could have beat them I mean, yeah. Jefferson could be the number one team in the state if it got that win, for all we know, or at that's least true. toward the top. So that's kind of... Because that would place them at 6-1. and one. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how <laughs> close things could end up being this year. And a more open playoffs, I think, is more intriguing for everybody involved. Because, so, let's be honest, the first round always feels like a waste of time because yeah. usually there's not any update or upsets. But maybe yeah. this year we'll see that. I don't know. Anything else we want to hit on before we hit the break? No. All right. We will get ready to hit the break here. Segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on their side of this break. Uh, we caught up with head coach for the Muscleman Appleman, Brian Thomas, before we knew they were number one rated in the state, according to the SSAC yesterday. Uh, we'll have that interview for you on the other side of this break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to the program as we're now joined by head coach of the Muscleman Appleman and Brian Thomas and Coach Thomas, a huge win for your program last week against Hedgesville, sixty-two to thirteen. What'd you like from your team in that one? Well, you know, we we you know, you guys covering the game, we talked a little about the game, and I, I really wasn't pleased with kind of the way that we came out. You know, kind of the way that we executed some stuff early on. You know, I, I thought we played a really sloppy first quarter, but um, you know, second quarter, some things started to click. Uh, we started playing a little bit smarter, and then you know, really happy with the way we regrouped after halftime. And we came out there in the third quarter and really kind of exploded in the third quarter. And then, you know, we got to get our starters off a little bit and got to get some some number twos and some other guys in. So that was a, you know, that that was a really good thing. So, you know, just just happy that the kids kept, you know, kept battling and playing. You know, you put your you play varsity football and any time you get a win, uh, it's a good win. So, you know, happy with that. Coach Thomas, individually, uh, Baden Hartman had a really, really good game. Over 500 yards. I don't know what the official totals were, but is that a, a record for your program, total number of yards, yardage by a single player? You know, somebody asked me that the other day, and I, I meant to go back and check, and I don't think so. Um, 
one year we we played we played you know since I've been the head coach we played Wheeling Park one year um, at you know ironically at Wheeling Park and uh, they came out and they just they you know they were blitzing the house and single covering our receivers and uh, Trey Beard I think had like 440 yards passing and he had almost another hundred yards rushing so I, I think that would be the record but I don't know it, it's it's pretty close um, you know we had him. His official stats, if you want, um, I got him somewhere. I got him somewhere. Oh man, I just had him. Um, he threw for 400, 411 yards and four touchdowns, and he ran for 137 and three touchdowns. So, you know, that's that's pretty impressive, right there. Yeah, very impressive. And coach, you know, we talked about Baden and uh, how you guys weren't necessarily satisfied with that first half, and I thought that uh, it was nice to hear that Baden wasn't satisfied with it as well. And I think what's it like, I guess, to have that leadership within your team, uh, not only from your quarterback, but I'm sure other guys kind of looked at some of the same things that you were uh, disappointed with and wanted to execute better in that second half. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we had a really good talk at halftime, um, you know, and, 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 you know, I, I, I think for the first time, maybe in my coaching career, that we didn't, nobody grabbed a, a dry erase marker and drew anything up on the board at halftime. You know, it, it was more of just us kind of talking to each other um, and, and kind of understanding, like, hey, you know, we, we can't play this sloppy if we want to, you know, if we want to be one of the best teams in the state and, you know, we want to we want to compete towards the top and, and you know, want to play deep into November. We can't come out and play sloppy games like this and, and, and shoot ourselves in the foot. So, you know, it, you kind of you, like you mentioned. You know, Baden Baden's really really receptive to all that. You know, I, I think you know he trusts me, and, and, and we as coaches trust him. And the rest of the team kind of has that same mentality that you know they're really they're a really coachable group of kids, um, and and they'll listen to you and they'll take that constructive criticism that you tell them that hey you didn't do this right, and instead of instead of pouting or complaining or them. You know, sometimes when you tell a kid, especially a high school kid, like, hey, you didn't do this right, he, he's going to hear, like, you know, hey, you're bad or you didn't do this. And, that, you know, that's not what you're telling them. You're just telling them how to try to fix it. And this group really will listen to you and say, like, okay, well, you know, next rep, you know, really watch me, coach. I'm going to try to get better at that and doing that. So our, our whole group that we have is a very coachable group that comes out and tries to fix mistakes. So, you know, that's a, that was a good thing that we saw Friday night. Another guy that had a big game Friday night on the defensive end was Troy Willoston. Uh Just talk about his game and the entire defense of a whole as a whole. Yeah, Troy's kind of our emotional leader on our team. You know, he'll, he'll be the first kid at, at practice that kind of you know will start speaking up and trying to get everybody fired up. And, and you know, he he's he's really he's an emotional type of kid and he plays with so much energy. Um, so you know, usually kids like that they translate on the field. But yeah, Troy's a you know, Troy right now in the season has nine sacks, which I would think would be, you know, really high up in the state. But, you know, he has a lot of tackles for losses. And, you know, I don't think I've ever coached a player that has batted down as many passes as Troy bats down. If he can't get to the quarterback, you know, as big and tall as he is, and he has a really long wingspan, he'll just stick those big arms up. And, you know, it's, it's hard for a quarterback to really see over him. So, um, you know, Troy kind of gets us going a little bit. And, you know, I think Troy, Troy's emotion and energy that he plays with, um, you know, the rest of the defense kind of feeds off that uh, emotional leader that he is. So, um, you know, I, I, think we're playing, I think we're playing pretty well defensively. Um, you know, we're not, we're not doing – we're not great. But, you know, there, there's times where, you know, we've, 
you know, we, we figured out ways to get stops. We figured out ways to get people off the field, um, you know, defensively. And, and I'm pretty pleased with where we're at defensively right now. And, Coach, moving forward to this week, a big matchup at Wheeling Park for your team. Uh, could be, you know, every every week every coach is going to say it's a big game, but this has got to be a very big game for your program if you'd be able to get the win and go six, get to 6-1. and one. Yeah, um, you know, we, we've – we we played Wheeling Park four years now. This is the fourth. This is the fourth year we signed a four year contract with them, and we played them, um, you know, four years now. So, you know, we we've had, we've had some really, you know, fortunately for us, we've beat them the three previous times. So, you know, but every, every single battle or every single game has been a battle against them. We've had some really really good games, um, just kind of back and forth. Uh, against them so um, you know they're a really good program they're really well coached Uh, you know they have so much speed on the field you know they're they're probably one of the fastest teams in the the entire state you know that they they have the fastest kid in the entire state Um, so you know they're going to be a a really a really tough matchup for us you know the going on the the road uh, taking a road trip uh, you know, for that for that long, getting off the bus, you know, we got to be ready to play. I think I think we'll be ready to play, uh, but you know, we, we're going to have a really good team. Also, uh, yeah, it's it's you know, it's it's a big matchup, but at the same time, you know, we've, the, you know, th- this is kind of what you want to coach for or play for. Um, you know, you you don't you want to. I told the team a couple weeks ago, you don't want to get into late October and November and show up to games where you're out of the playoff race and there's like 20 people in the crowd. You know, those games are those games are boring. So, you know, if, if you're doing things right and you're winning football games, then, you know, this these are the type of games you look forward to. Coach, what will be some things you guys will have to do to get the win? Um, contain their speed, you know, tackle in space. They, they have so many kids. That they're, they're very similar to a Martinsburg. Um, you know, like I said, you know, the, the, the difference is they have – like I said, they have the fastest kid in the state. You know, Hawkins. Um, you know, I, I think I think when I looked it up, he ran like a ten something, one hundred. He won the hundred meter dash last year at the state track meet. Um, you know, he's got offers. I think from um, I think somebody told me earlier, like Penn State, Pitt, Cincinnati, um, WVU. You know, he's got a lot of. You know, he, he's a really really good receiver, and he's a, he's a speed guy. But you know. Uh, alongside him, they got three other guys that they go to. You know, they they have four really good receivers that any of them can break it at any time, and they got a really good quarterback that can deliver it. Um, and they're really well coached. You know, uh, Coach Doc, their head coach, does a really good job. Um, you know, he he does some things schematically that um, you know he he really knows what he's doing and puts you kind of in a bind with what he's doing. So you know, you put all those things together, the speed. Uh, with a quarterback that can get it to his guys, with a coach that knows how to to scheme things up, it presents a lot of problems. So, you know, we're we're going to have to stop them and, and limit their big plays. And at the same time, offensively, you know, we we've been in a really good groove offensively. So, you know, we have to continue to uh, block and you know throw and catch. You know, we've been really efficient in our passing game. I think you know Baden right now. His completion percentage is, is right up near 70%. It's like 68.8 or something like that, which is just insane. So, you know, if we can continue to be efficient in the passing game like that, uh, then, you know, we, we, we can continue to move the chains, which means they don't have the ball, which, you know, will be a good thing for us. All righty, Coach, any final thoughts? I don't, no, I don't, I don't think so, man. I think, that's a, I think that's about it. All right, appreciate it. Good luck. Yeah, appreciate you guys. That was head coach for the Muscleman Appleman.
Brian Thomas. And that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just compliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer beddings, outdoor living. It is family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more on the other side of this break. We are from two head coaches. Um, Glenn, excuse me. First, we'll hear from Craig Hunter. We'll hear from the two Jefferson County head coaches, Craig Hunter, the Jefferson head coach, and then Glenn Simpson, the Washington head coach. After this two-minute break, you're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 back in two minutes. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM. AM 740 and TV 10. Craig Hunter of the Jefferson Cougars and coach another impressive win for your team and they continue to do so. What'd you like from them in this one? Uh, you know, they, the team played hard. Um, you know, we um, weren't able to get points on the board in the first quarter, but we stuck with it. Uh, had a turnover early in the, early in the game, um, but we stuck with it, got things rolling. Um, defense just kept playing well, getting after everything, played aggressively. Um, and I just like that, the nature of the defense, being aggressive and getting after people and you know, the offense just sticking with things and uh, persevering and, and being able to get things clicking and putting points on the board. Coach, you mentioned kind of a slow start for the offense. What do you think uh, allowed them to kind of open things up? Um, you know, it was it was, it was a, a little windy um, Friday night up in up in Winchester. So I mean, uh, we weren't able to like I guess air the ball deep as as we like to as much um, because of the wind. So you know, we were able to once again uh, just get the ball short routes to our our playmakers and let them do work. Um, and that's what happened. And we hit. I think we hit Spencer for a short pass. Went forty yards. Um, hit Tayshawn Roper with a um, swing out the backfield. He went about 50, 60 yards. Just able to do things like that. Uh, they get things rolling, open things up a little bit, and they help us out. And, Coach, you're sitting at 5-2 and two right now heading into the bye week. What uh, what have you liked from your team so far, and what are you using the bye week to work on? Uh, what I like from the team so far is that you know, not, not letting a 1-2 and two start define our season. Um, the team kept plugging away at it. Um, you know, we got some wins, got things rolling. Uh, now we're hitting in the bow. We're just trying to clean some things up, make sure we understand totally 100% uh, what we're supposed to be. Welcome back to the swing up. Nose cleaned up. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe adding a couple nuances during the bow week that we haven't done yet, that we have in our, have in our back pocket. Just adding those, getting them ready um, for later on down the season. If we need them, just making sure they're ready to go. Um, just things of that nature, defensively working on, just getting better at the scheme, um, understanding things, maybe adding some different different packages or something like that we might want to do, might want to try to do um, for teams later on down later on down the road, or you know if we happen to get lucky enough to make the playoffs, something we might be able to pull out then. Four straight wins for your team now. What's been the biggest difference from the start of the season to this point? Um, I think the aggressiveness for defense, uh, tackling, uh, we, we've, ta- we've, we've tackled a lot better. Uh, we've gotten better defensively, um, and I think the um, we've gotten better offensively, been able to click a lot better, um, getting the ball in space to our guys, uh, our speed guys, and uh, just letting them do some work. 
think that's helped us out, you know, more more consistency with the offense. We've gotten better on defense. Um, you know, just I guess with us, just maybe maybe as us as the coaching staff, you know, like I said we, before, we've had we've got some experienced guys, but we also got a bunch of young guys mixed in there, which is knowing who learning who to place where as the season went on and putting those guys in the right spots and, to make them successful and make a team successful. Coach, you guys have been away from uh, conference pre- conference play for a while. Uh, after this bye week, you'll have those three straight conference games with Martinsburg, Hedgesville, and Washington. Um, how do you think the non-conference has kind of got you ready for those last three games? I mean, just just playing, uh, just playing football and, and working on just working on our defense and offense. Uh, can't hurt anything and that's what we've been able to do is just try to we've gotten better defensively we've gotten more consistency and better at offense so just being able to do that against games uh, prepares us for uh, what's coming ahead all right coach i don't think we have anything else since it's your bye week we really don't (laughs) we really don't got (laughs) anything else for you unless you got something for us unless you have any final thoughts no just just like i said we're just going to try to take this week you know get some people that might be banged up healthy uh, get them healed up. Uh, work on some, just work on some basic things, and make sure we we're clicking on all cylinders when we get back in the next week. All righty, thank you, Coach. Welcome back to the program. We're now joined by Coach Glenn Simpson of the Washington Patriots. Coach, coming off a of bye week, uh, what did you guys get to do on the week off? Get healthy. That was that was our main focus was to uh, to get uh, some of our players back, get get them off the uh, physically unable to perform list, if you will. Get them start to get them acclimated a little bit. Get get their uh, get their conditioning uh, started. You know, getting them back uh, where we need them to be and. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll be ready to go by Friday. And coach, you got a little advanced scouting in on Friday night at the Hedgesville game or the Hedgesville Muscleman game. Uh, let's not get into that. Let's get into your matchup this week, though, with Preston. They're coming to uh, Terry Marcus Stadium. What have you seen so far from your opponent this week? Well, they're a big team. Uh, they they got some size on them. Uh, I think they're they're a con- competitive bunch. Uh, they play really hard. Uh, you know the the record says whatever, but I'm watching a team that is that is fighting hard uh, against uh, everybody they've played. So uh, this past week, uh, playing the likes of Bridgeport, which is a traditional uh, power in the state of West Virginia for football and, and other sports as well, but uh, there was no there was no quit in uh, in Preston, and that's that's going to be our challenge is is uh you know playing our top game and and playing hard for four quarters which is kind of the way our guys go as well so that that's what i'm looking forward to is is to to see if we can uh match their effort and intensity because they they do play hard coach i know in the uh past when you guys have had uh bye weeks you talked about um you know trying to do some fun things with the team to build a bond uh, what were some things you guys were able to do this week to to help with that? Well, we had we had a bit of a uh, we'll call it a red and blue scrimmage, where uh, we broke people up into offense and defense, and and had a point scoring system, and and uh, broke it up by uh, JV and varsity. You know, JV competing against JV, varsity against varsity, and so. Uh, the kids really had a good time with that. It was it was a lot of fun. 
Coach, this is the fourth meeting between uh, you guys in Preston. What has it been like to have that program on your guys' schedule? Well, it's it's been good because uh, we have been on a competitive parallel with them. And so, you know, we've won a few. We've lost a few. Uh, they're always a challenge for us. Um, you know, the, the EPAC, as I've said, many times is one of the toughest conferences in the state. And so to step out of conference and, and play a competitive game, you know, that's always good to have on your schedule. You know, uh, you don't walk into it, uh, you know, it, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up game. So I really, I really enjoy playing them. Like I said, their kids do it the right way. They play hard. Their coaches coach hard. At the end of the game, you know, we can uh, we can show that good sportsmanship and uh, respect the other team. And coach, what are some things your team's going to need to do to get the victory this Friday? <laughs> you know the answer to that. We got to block better. We got to we got to tackle better. Secure the ball and. Uh, you know, maintain an edge in the in a penalty game. We got to be disciplined. So uh, we do that. We got a we got a good shot here of coming up with a victory. Coach, what are some things that uh, this year's Preston team does well? Even though, like you said, their record may not be uh, the best. Well, they will uh, push the ball down the field a little bit. Um, they're not afraid to put some air under the ball, and so they they will. They will test us in that in that way, and then at the same time they will they will put a couple backs in the backfield and and get heavy real quick. So they're going to uh, test our test our discipline on the defensive side of the ball, and on the offensive side of the ball, like or on their uh, their defense, their their front is uh, the you know the linebackers and the linemen are are very aggressive against the run. So it'll be a real challenge for us to uh, to find some find some room. All righty, Coach. Any final thoughts? No, sir. I'm good. All right. Thank you. Appreciate. All right. That was Coach of the Washington Patriots, Glenn Simpson. Prior to that, it was Coach of the Jefferson Cougars, Craig Hunter. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On our side of this break, we'll wrap up today's edition of the sports mix uh talk a bunch of stuff we'll talk uh commanders carson wentz spoke to the media yesterday after uh, whatever what ron Rivera said at the beginning of the week uh capitals begin the season tonight we'll talk a little nhl and capitals and then we'll also talk marshall they play tonight on, on primetime tv back in two minutes on the sports mix You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Mayor's Group of the Mayor Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call them at 304-263-4343. Stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. we got 14 minutes left on today's edition of the Sports Mix. We'll talk uh, some regional not like some regional national sports, I guess you'd want to call it. We'll talk uh, Commanders first Thursday night. They'll be on Thursday night football facing the Bears tomorrow night. And we heard the comments that Ron Rivera made at the beginning of the week about Carson Wentz and about the quarterback position, why the NFC East, the other three teams were leaps and bounds ahead of the, of the Commanders. Here's what Carson Wentz said in his weekly presser yesterday. Generally, what you think of all So I honestly had no idea um, any of that happened until Sean over here gave me a heads up. Um, but, yeah, coach addressed it, handled it. Nothing for me that I'm overly concerned about. Coach is a very straightforward, upfront guy, and um, he addressed it in the team meeting, which I thought was really cool, um, and what he meant by it all. So uh, I feel very confident in that. Well, just in asking what we asked him is, why do you think there's a, a difference in the teams in the NFC East and kind of where they are at um, and just the change over the last year or so, really? Yeah, uh, I wish I had all the answers on that. You know, I think um, there's a lot of football left. I think there's a lot of varying factors um, across our division, which is um, obviously a very good division at this point in the season. Um, but at the same time, I know there's a lot of ball left. Um, and we talked about it after the game. Unfortunately, we kind of dug ourselves a little bit of a hole. Um, but we know where we're at. We know what we're capable of, and you know we can't try and fix it all right away. Our job is to try and go one and zero this week, and we got a short week to do that. So uh, we're focused on that. All right, there's Carson Wentz. Uh, about a minute of his presser from yesterday, so uh, he kind of really had to be briefed on it by the PR director. We've known, we've heard in the past that he doesn't listen to anything in the media. So yeah, but at the same time, are you a little surprised that nobody showed him it because? Even though he doesn't listen to that stuff, teammates have to, family, friends, somebody yeah. has to have sent that to him, right? Yeah, I don't know. No? Probably, but I think either way, Carson, even if Carson Wentz did see it uh, beforehand, that's probably just how he wanted to handle that situation because we've seen in the past, you know, Carson Wentz handles things pretty well, uh, even when things have been questioned about his game or, or just some tough questions so i think he does a pretty good job with that and he's a likable guy it's just unfortunate that you know playing wise he hasn't had much success this year but i still think that's a weird question to ask in general because it's like those teams are just better like i don't i don't understand why that was a question originally but besides that i mean ron rivera answered that question poorly so uh like i said yesterday i feel like he's starting to lose the locker room if you start to say stuff like that um i don't think it's a good look for him yeah moving on to tomorrow night's game which at one point i thought the line was set at 10 for the commanders maybe you were thinking of the marshall game oh yeah that's what it is you're right <laughs> i was getting to the games uh now it's set it even be an interesting game tomorrow eight fifteen prime video but in this area you can watch it on tv on fox uh, they'll have the game tomorrow night. Uh, but Commanders versus Bears. Colin, you got a tidbit. I believe you DM'd it to me. Yes, Carson Wentz is 6-0 and on Thursday night football. He's also 3-0 and against Chicago. So if history repeats itself, it should be a Washington Commander win. 
And I think when you look at these two teams, while I don't, you know, love much about how Washington's played this year, you do give the edge, I think, to them if I were to pick a team to win on Thursday night because I just feel like overall they have a little bit more uh, excitement than maybe a team like Chicago has who really hasn't shown many positive things. I mean, I know they beat the 49ers week one, uh, so that was a good win, but that was a different 49ers type of team, and it was a rainy day, and they kind of just got lucky with a win there. So I don't know. I, I would I would pick Washington if I'm making a pick, but it's not a confident pick. And I think even with those numbers that you don't love it. But I, I would pick Washington, but it's going to be another ugly Thursday night game, I have a feeling. Yeah, ugly Thursday night game. Let's move on to a team in Washington that uh, – could do some big things this year and always relevant, that being the Washington well, Capitals. Well, most of, they've been Since really... Since Alex Ovechkin. Yes, they've, they've been relevant. They've won a championship. They've had that parade down Constitution. They've done it. They could do it again. Uh, Capitals begin the season tonight, 7 p.m. versus the Bruins. We'll have the coverage for you from the Capitals radio network on the radio side beginning at 6.45-ish. Uh, Capitals-Bruins to open up the season... It always seems like the Caps face the Bruins to open up the season. Last year they faced the Rangers. Yes, but at home. they were I believe they were on the road. But the Capitals have the second oldest roster in the NHL heading into the season, and I don't think that includes Backstrom because he's not on the roster technically. Yeah, that, that's kind of been the trend for Washington the past few years is that they will rely on veterans, and it seems like because of that, when it comes playoff time, they look tired and don't have the speed to match who they go up against in the first round, and that's why every single year since the Stanley Cup championship, yeah. they've been bumped in the first round. And it's always been weird to me for the start of the NHL season that they just front load the games. Washington plays tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, and then Monday. To start off the there's actually year. there's no game scheduled on Sunday. I, I'm assuming that's how they scheduled it on purpose. But I'm looking yeah, at the schedule. You want to avoid trying to match the NFL. Yeah, that is true. Opening week, you do that in like March. But still, four within six days. That's a lot of games. Yeah, a lot, a lot of games. Um, kind of look back last night. Tampa uh, lost to New York three to one. And then the Golden Knights of Vegas beat Los Angeles. The Kings 4-3. That seemed like a good game. But the Capitals tonight, that's on TNT and a big slate of games also. Uh, tonight after that at 9.30 on TNT, Chicago at Colorado. But for the Capitals specifically, I mean, I think they gotta they just got to kind of hold off till they can get Backstrom and Wilson back. Yeah, and you like the fact that hopefully they finally have a uh, trustworthy goalie. They've Darcy got, Kemper. Yeah. And then what? Uh, Charlie Lindgren will be the backup, who yeah. also signed a three-year contract. So that'll but be Kemper good. coming off a Stanley Cup championship. Yeah. So. Something I'm eager to see is how plug-and-play Connor Brown, Dylan Strome will be. We saw Dylan Strome preseason score, I think, three goals in the preseason. I think that'll be interesting to see, especially because he's going to be in there kind of in that uh, – well, Brown will be in that Backstrom role, uh, but – uh, Strom is kind of the goal-scoring part of what we see from Wilson, which will be interesting to see how that happens. No Carl Hagelin again this year. He's still dealing with, I believe, an eye injury. Hmm. 
might end his career. Uh, but for the Caps, should be another spectacular year, hopefully, that ends in a big playoff run. Hopefully. And I hope Ovechkin can get 50-plus goals. Yeah, me as well, and that'd be big in be getting huge. him to close mm-hmm. to uh, the great one. Uh, but again, 645 coverage begins from the Capitals Radio Network. Puck drop just after 7 between the Caps and the Bruins. If you want to watch that one, that'll be on TNT nationally. Uh, probably not until a 7.08 puck drop, I'm guessing, if it's on TNT. Yeah, probably. Sounds about right to me. Uh, but we'll move on. we got about six or so minutes left. Uh, Marshall taking center stage on national TV tonight on ESPN2 as they host Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, that 7.30 game. Uh, Marshall got a lot of questions at the quarterback position, Nick. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the main storylines heading into this game for Marshall, but the other thing is you have a chance to get back on track in the Sun Belt with a win. Louisiana is uh, having a down year this year. They have a new head coach. So uh, after Napier left for Florida, so um, they're trying to kind of figure things out with their new coach, and they've been pretty mediocre offensively. So both teams have kind of some offensive issues uh, heading into this matchup tonight. Marshall's a 10.5-point favorite. Yeah. I don't know if it will be – to that extent that the Thundering Herd win tonight, but I do think a Wednesday night, it's weird, but should get a big crowd, I think, since they're going to be on ESPN2. It's a it's a good Sunbelt matchup. Hopefully uh, the city of Huntington's out there and um, they can you know, get this win. But it hasn't been the best couple of weeks for Marshall. Well, defensively, they're... They're a really good defensive team. Yeah, the defense isn't the concern at all, but I think for both teams, their offenses have been pretty concerning, and a lot of that has to do with quarterback play because Marshall is one of the better running backs in the conference. Yeah, uh, Kalen Laybourne, 132 carries, 731 yards, eight touchdowns. One of the better running backs in the nation, really, if you think about it. Um, I believe he's still kind of top 10 in the running game or uh, not running game necessarily. He is top four. He's number four, 731 yards on the ground uh, comparatively to the t- the leader with 879, 830, 735. So he could potentially jump back into the top three with a good night tonight. Um, could potentially sit at number two or even one if he has a really good night until the weekend. Uh, but for for Marshall, they're, they, they're going all black tonight. Yeah, deb- I dig those Debuting helmets. an alternate black helmet, which I think is be really cool. Just hoping the city of Huntington shows up tonight because not students. a lot of fan support and the students. Did they cancel classes tomorrow? They should have canceled classes tomorrow. Probably not. Probably it's not, not that it's big Marshall. game. It's a big game though. It's a big game, but it's not the conference championship. No, that is true. But they wouldn't have the conference championship on a Wednesday night. Could might have to if you need prime time hurricane. What? What? There's a hurricane. You got to move the conference championship to Wednesday. I mean, yeah, but we're in West Virginia. It was <laughs> the Ohio River runs through Huntington. <laughs> there is flooding in Huntington. It isn't flooding Huntington. So if there's floods in the weekend, they could have to. Well, hopefully push that it. doesn't happen. Yeah, hopefully it. it well, it's doesn't. supposed to be a nice, on. nice day. Why do we even get? Yeah, on nice this. night. Yeah. All right, uh, we got a couple of minutes left. Uh, as Devontae Adams officially charged with misdemeanor assault after shoving the credentialed media member heading as he was heading back into the locker room on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of upset about this just because I just didn't see any reason for him to do it. 
Uh, so I think it's fair that the uh, guy's going to get something for this, which he should, I think. And I know people are like, well, if it wasn't Devontae Adams, would you have pressed charges? Okay, yeah, probably not. But what gives Devontae Adams the right to just shove somebody like I don't know. It just makes it comes off as a very bad situation. Yeah, it me. does, and, and, and it makes it look like that cameraman he doesn't matter because he's just a cameraman. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like in a way that this has happened because looking back on yesterday, how I said it will probably just be a fine slap on the wrist and then move on within the NFL. But honestly, the cameraman <sighs> that got shoved down deserves some sort of retribution justice for what happened to him even though he was fortunately okay after the incident because the fine would just go within the nfl the cameraman would see nothing of it so now that way the cameraman can and move on with his life as well yeah uh but uh we'll get more into wvu's matchup tomorrow night with baylor on the show tomorrow uh hopefully we'll hear from head coach of the hedgesville eagles matt faircloth calling looking to catch up with him later today uh, but that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to head coach for the Muscleman Appleman, Brian Thomas, head coach of the Jefferson Cougars, Craig Hunter, and head coach for the Washington Patriots, Glenn Simpson, for letting us catch up with them yesterday after the show. Um, yeah, uh, tonight, Caps Hockey, 645 pregame, 7 p.m. puck drop. Uh, and then uh, prior to that, the Touchdown City Show, everything you need to know, Mountaineers, and again, we'll talk more about them tomorrow. And we'll preview tomorrow our TV10 soccer match that we'll have tomorrow night. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.